How many of you know the truth you know sets you free? It, it says, Jesus said, if you continue in my words, you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know. Amen. If you, if you don't know the combination to the lock, uh, and, and you know that the combination would set you free, uh, you've got to know the combination. You can't just know that there is a combination. You got to know the truth. And so this morning, we're going to share the truth. We're going to share God's word with you in just a moment. But as we prepare to jump into first and second Timothy, I want to give you an introduction, if you will, to a, a new series, a new church-wide effort and emphasis. We're going to begin, I believe it's September 13th. Is that correct? Yes. It's called Raising the Bar. Everyone say, Raising the Bar. If you know anything about uh, my, my story in life, if you've anybody ever heard Pastor Sam's hurdle story? Only one, oh, I got a good group. A few have heard my hurdle I may begin this series telling you my hurdle story, uh, and it's not a pleasant one, uh, but it has an inspirational opportunity for us in our life. Raising the bar has to do with lifting the lid in our life, really, and raising uh, the rate to raise the bar means to set a higher standard. I've got a friend who I went to high school with. She in Seoul, Korea. She uh, was a high jumper and won the gold medal in Seoul, Korea. Came from our little town in Red Oak, and she she didn't get there by not raising the bar. There was always uh, the the need to lift the the bar to another level. And so here's what I believe we need in our culture today. And I'm going to show you some things in a few weeks. Our culture, especially in the church has lowered the bar of commitment to Christ and the commitment to the purposes of God and commitment to His church. We've, we've lowered the bar. We're, in fact, a lot of churches are lowering the bar just to get people in the door uh, and try to lower the bar. I, I think it's time we raise the bar. Amen? Somebody say, raise the bar. And so, just hang on. We're going to, in fact, let me just throw this out to you. I think I may have sent you an email. You, we may need to start raising the bar in our own lives right now. Amen? I've got a friend, his name is Mark Bowman, he's the, uh, uh, he is a, he, he actually lived with us my senior year, and Mark and I have been long-term friends, he's a superintendent in a little school in Oklahoma, and when he came there, uh, he said the, the morale was terrible, the teachers were just drawing a paycheck, they didn't care, he said about 50% of the teachers were just, who cares, and so he started raising the bar and, and, and having weekly staff meetings, he said they hated it. Nobody likes change. He said, but after three or four years, the culture began to change. And now he's about 85% of the teachers who are ready for some more staff meetings. They're ready for, an, they like raising the bar. But let me tell you something. That's why I'm telling you to get ready. When, when things begin to change, then, hey, it's not always fun. So if you get a head start, start raising the bar in your own life, your own walk with Christ, and start lifting the bar in your own life and uh, committing to a greater level of commitment to Christ and to His His purposes for your life and not just your purposes, and a commitment to His church. We're going to begin to raise the bar. And how many of you think that, that's going to be good for us? It'll be good for us. It might be painful. So, in fact, let's just pray right now as we jump into this, uh, uh, this series. Let's pray right now for that series. Lord, that series, Lord, is more than just a series. Lord, it is a church-wide effort and campaign, Lord, for us together collectively to literally transform the culture of our church 
to a higher level of commitment, not only to you, but Lord, one another, and not only to one another, Lord God, but to your purposes in our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, raise the bar. Amen. Are you in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy? I hope so. I am. Uh, and we're going to, let me just quickly jump in and give you where we've been. We're talking about last day's leadership. Is there anybody here that does not believe that we're living in the last days? If so, then uh, I need to tell you, we are. I just want to, I don't want to pop your bubble, but these are the last days. They began when the church was born. And, and in fact, it's a prophetic fulfillment that when the church was born and the Spirit of God was poured out, that's the beginning of the last days. It's an undetermined amount of time. We don't know how long the last days will last, but we know it is God's opportunity for us as His church to fulfill His kingdom purposes. We also learned that in the last days, it's not all, uh, how many of you know it's not all Chevrolet and apple pie? It's just not, ooh, there's issues. In fact, when you read First and Second Timothy, which is Paul's letter to his true son in the faith, his instructions in the latter days and, 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 and hours of his life, if you will, important priorities that he's passing on. You see the theme. In fact, First Timothy 4, he says this. He says, you need to understand that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. He's talking about the last days. Then you go over to 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3. He says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. He's preparing Timothy in these last days to be a, an effective leader in the last days. And we don't just need survivors in the last days. We need some bona fide victorious leaders in the church today. Could I get a better amen? And so that's why we're going through this series. And we use John Maxwell's definition of leadership. He's a leadership guru. John says this, leaders, effective leaders, are those that know the way. Everyone say, know the way that show the way, everyone say show the way, and then go the way. Everyone say know the way, show the way, and go the way. Everybody say thank you, John. I take no credit for that. It's a great, uh, great insight. In fact, when you look at First and Second Timothy, you see this pattern, and that's why we're using it. We see Paul the Apostle, he, he's sharing with Timothy the, the, the way of the Lord that you have to know. And then he says, I'm a model, I'm a role model, if you will, to show you the way. When you get to the close of his life, you find that he went the way. He said, I've fought a good fight, I've kept the faith, I've finished my race, and there's laid up for me a crown of rejoicing. He not only knew it and, and showed it, but he went that way. That's the way all of us need to be, and that's why we need last day's leaders who know the way, show the way, and go the way. I pray when I come to the close of my life, that I will have fulfilled this purpose right here. That not only would I have gone the way of the Lord, but I would have known it in, in a way that would be able to share it and to show it and, and, and release and, and, and let other people begin to know the way so they can then show the way and they can then go the way. So that's where we've been. In fact, uh, we looked at know the way quite in depth and we're going to finish that thought off. And then the next two Sundays, we're going to look at show the way and go the way. But we realize that the way of the Lord, in fact, Old and, Old and New Testament say a phrase like this, in the way. Everybody say, in the way. Raise up a child in the way they should go. It has to do with the pattern of life and the course of life, the way that we should all go. And Paul very clearly 
reveals the way that all of us need to go. When he jumps into this 1 Timothy chapter 1, he says in verse, oh, let's see, I think it's over in verse uh, 15. He said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, I want to tell you something. That's the way of the Lord. That's why we're all here. Because Jesus wants to save people from their sin. He wants the world to be saved. How many of you know God loves the world? He wants the world to be saved. And he tells Timothy, this is the way you need to go. In fact, in chapter 4, he said, exercise yourself for the purpose of godliness. And I've shared this with you two or three times. The word godliness here doesn't mean just righteous living. It means, in fact, the phrase, you could put this phrase in there. Exercise yourself in the gospel scheme. In the way of the gospel. In fact, the word scheme is a systematic plan. He said, we need to be exercised in a systematic way with the plan of the gospel to go into all the world. That's God's purpose in the earth. That's the way of the Lord. Everybody know the way of the Lord? Say amen. And so this is what I've told you, the way, the course of life for all of di- all God's disciples, all followers of Christ. Let's read it out loud together. The course of life, the plan, the scheme, the, 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 the strategic plan that God has for all of us. Here it is, the course of life. Everyone out loud. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And his plan is to use us in the process as a proclaimer of the way and a pattern for others to follow in the way. And everybody said amen. Now, the last couple of Sundays, we talked about some other thoughts. And one of them is this, that leaders, last days leaders who know the way, they need to know the way of good sound doctrine. Listen, you want to know what's not good sound doctrine? Anything that doesn't wrap itself around the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anything that doesn't give God glory and credit and point others in the way. It's not a healthy way to go. How many of you know Paul said, this is the way, go ye in it, amen? And then last week we talked about the importance and the priority of spiritual warfare. He told, Tim, he told Timothy, he said, uh, you, what I have given you, what God has graced you with, you need to use that to wage the good warfare. Those were the last few Sundays. I want to encourage you to go back and if you missed any of those, go to our website and, and, and download the podcast. You can go to iTunes and download the podcast. You can listen off our website. But understand something, last days leaders who know the way. And I want you to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ and not allow the false doctrines of this world to undermine. In fact, Paul warned him. He said, in the last days, people are going to fall away. They're not, they're going to fall away from the truth and they're going to listen to false doctrine. He said, you, you can't go that way. You got to stand up and be a proclaimer of the way of the Lord. Amen. Because the enemy is out to undermine and we've got to fight a good fight. How many of you know what a good fight is? Anybody know a good fight? You ever been in a good fight? It's the one you win. Amen. If you fight and get your brains beat out, that's not a good fight. Uh, I've been there once or twice in my life and I didn't get up after I got, you know, got cold cocked and said, whoo, man, that was awesome. Uh, nothing about that's awesome. And so with that in mind today, we're going to finish up Know the Way with this thought. And this is nothing new, but it's certainly something we need to embrace. And it is this, today, last day's leaders know the way of sharing the way. Everyone say sharing the way. 
That's what that we just read to you just a few moments ago. We've got to not only know the way, we've got to be a proclaimer of the way. And we see this in Scripture. If you're in 1 Timothy chapter 4, look in verse 6. He says this, If you instruct the brethren in these things. In other words, if you teach the brethren these things. Look in verse 11. He said this, These things command and teach. Look in verse 16. Take heed to yourself, Timothy, and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will both save yourself and those who hear you. In other words, it's a predetermined understanding, Timothy, that you've got to share the way. You can't just know the way and go the way. You've got to share the way. You've got to let others know the way of the Lord. You've got to speak up. Everybody say you've got to speak up. It's really true. And then, if you go over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, go over there. Let me show you this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, the first five verses you need to understand. These are Paul's last personal, real spiritual directive words to his son in the faith that he will ever give him ever. Get this context. These are his last personal directives to his son in the faith who's going to take the baton of leadership and lead the church and, and be, a, be an apostolic influence in the world. Now, he tells him a few things after this to like bring my cloak and greet uh, uh, these people, but here's his personal last words directives to his son in the faith, Timothy, and they are stout. Everybody say they're stout. And let me ask you this question. How stout are they? Anybody want to know? They're stouter than nine acres of mowed garlic. Some of you have never been around nine acres of mowed garlic. It's pretty stout. But this is stout. These are his last words. Everyone say last words. Now catch it. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That means command. I char- he puts him right before God. He said, this is not just about me. This is about God who, who will judge the living and the dead. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Look in verse 2. Preach the Word. Everyone say, preach the Word. In other words, this is what you've got to catch. Sadly, most people don't catch this in the last days. you got to preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up on for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. Everyone say the truth. And be turned aside to fables, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Let me give you some disconcerting news. Let me give you a disconcerting fact. Let me give you something that ought to concern you. When we think about sharing the way, here it is. Less than 50% of regular church churchgoers, attenders, <laughs> pardon me, have shared the gospel in the last 12 months. Ponder that a moment. We're living in the last days. Paul's last words to Timothy were this, 
you got to speak up. you got to begin to share the truth. There is an attack on the truth. There, <coughs> there's negative influences on the truth. Listen carefully, my friend. Understand? Could I bring this up to you for a moment? I don't want to drag this guy in the dirt, but, but poor old Josh Duggar, uh, he has issues. And if you watch the news, but listen, you know why the, you know, you know why the world is after Josh Duggar? You know why secular society is after Josh Duggar? Not because he has morality issues, because they all have morality issues too. The reason they're after him is because he has confessed Jesus Christ as the Lord and the leader of his life, and he's been a bad example. And, it's an, and they are using him to undermine the foundations of faith in all the rest of us. You need to understand, we're living in a time when truth and righteousness is under attack on all sides. And if we give them an opportunity, buddy, they will come in with all, with everything they can against us. And so we've got to understand that we've got to begin to speak the truth. We've got to begin to share the truth. And Paul understood the need for us, especially with his son in the faith, Timothy, to not only know the truth, and to walk in the truth, but speak up and begin to declare the truth in a world that so desperately needs the truth in their life. Amen? He had a simple thought, some simple things about this. Here's, here's a simple truth I want to share with you that Paul understood. Before we can clearly communicate the gospel, before you can communicate the gospel, uh, here, here's some things that you and I need to embrace in our life. Number one, there must be a receptivity to the gospel. There's got to be a reception of the gospel. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul gives his testimony about how the gospel changed his life and transformed his life. You remember when he was in Acts when he was talking to King Agrippa? Man, he was testifying. You know what he said, basically? Man, this gospel, this experience I had changed my life. Why? Because I received the truth into my life. Listen, it's not just enough to know it here. You've got to receive it on the inside. You've got to be a receiver of what God says in your life and receive the truth into your life. Paul knew this. In fact, if we had time, we could go through all these First and Second Timothy and we could see all the places where Paul challenged Timothy to, to receive and uh, uh, apply and appropriate the truth in his life. James said it this way. James said, receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul. You see, before you can become a clear communicator of the gospel, you've got to receive the truth. You gotta receive the word. Number two, Paul understood there had gotta be a, not only a reception to God's word, but a correction in our life. In fact, 1 Timothy 1.12 talks about the changes. In fact, he, that, that the word of God will bring in our life. Here's the thing you, you and I need to understand. If you have received the truth, in fact, every time we hear God's word, it should require a little correction in our lives. Are you with me? or affirm the way we're going. But most of the time, when we get away from God's Word, we get off track for, for sure. And the Word of God will bring correction and change into our life. In fact, what did Paul say about his own life? He said this, I thank God, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because He counted me faithful, putting in me into the ministry. Also, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. You know what happened in Paul's life? Things began to change. There was a correction in his life. In fact, 
he, told, he said this in 2 Timothy, I think it's 3. He said, all Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for training, for correction. Everyone say for correction. Listen, if there's some things in your life that need to change, let the Word of God be the guide. Ask yourself, what does the Bible say about this issue in my life? What does the Bible say about this circumstance in my life? Let the Word of God bring correction. Paul understood that if we're going to be a clear communicator, if Timothy was going to begin to be able to really preach the Word, there's not, he was not only going to have to be a receiver of the Word, but he's going to have to let the Word bring correction in his life. And then there's, a, there's a, an appropriation. In other words, an application to take something for one's own use. That's what appropriate means. And that's what 2 Timothy 3.10 shows that happened. It says this. It says, but, uh, or 2 Timothy 3.10. He said this. He said, but you, Timothy, have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, and afflictions. And on he goes. He said, you, you did it. You appropriated and applied God's Word in your life. And so we've got to take that. How many of you want to be a clear communicator of the Word of God? You've got to receive the Word of God in your life. You've got to let the Word of God bring correction in your life. And you've got to appropriate it. You've got to take it for your own use. So with that in mind, let me give you the big idea. Everybody say, what's the big idea? Let me tell you the big idea here today. We lost our PowerPoint for some reason. Uh, probably a, a power glitch. But here, catch this. To truly transform present day culture, we need a new generation of Christ followers who can and will confidently and clearly communicate the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to read it three or four times because you can't see it with your eyes. To truly transform present day culture, and that's what this culture needs, not just a little information, they need a divine transformation, we need a divine transformation in our life, and to truly transform present day culture, we need a new generation of Christ followers who can and will clearly and confidently communicate the simplicity of the gospel. Just like Paul told Timothy, you've got to preach the Word. You've got to teach the Word. You've got to communicate. In fact, he told him this in 2 Timothy 2.2. 2, he said this, here's what you need to do. You need to take what I told you, find some other faithful people, and begin to teach them also. In other words, you've got to clearly communicate what God is saying to us, and it is the gospel. And everybody said amen. Now, you got that? Everybody say, what are we talking about? We're talking about sharing the gospel. Less than 50% of people in church today will share the gospel in the next 12 months, or, or, or less than 50% of the people that are in church today across the board shared the gospel in the last 12 months. We got an issue in the world today of a lack of communication of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wonder why that is. Well, Timothy had an issue. Anybody want to know Timothy's issue? Timothy had an issue. What was it? He was a he was, a, he was afraid. He was. I think that by and large is the case with most people who don't share the gospel. They're afraid. Now, how many of you know why most people are afraid? It's because there's something they don't know. If, hey, if you get lost in the dark, 
and you don't know, or if you're out in the dark and you get you don't know the way home, how many of you know that'll put fear in your life in a hurry? So you've got to know the way, and then you can begin to show the way. If you don't know the way, you can't show the way. You can't share God's word with other people. And so Paul Paul told Timothy, he said this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said this in verse 7, for he's verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of what? But of love and of power and a sound mind. He said, therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because you're not supposed to be afraid. Look at your neighbor and look at him and say, hey, fear not. The reason we fear is because we don't know some things. And so there's the big idea. Let's read it out loud together. Here we go. To truly transform present day culture. We need a new generation of Christ followers who can and will confidently and clearly communicate the simplicity of the gospel. And listen, the gospel is simple. It's a simple story. It's amazing how God comes and shares something so simple and we get a hold of it and we get it all complicated. Here's the gospel. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul said, I'm, I'm the chief of sinners. If you're the chief of sinners and God saves you, that means everybody can be saved as long as they follow the way of the gospel. Jesus Christ came and died on a Calvary's cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb and three days later, He rose again so we could have new life. That's the gospel. We've got to be able to embrace the gospel. So we've got to deal with the fear factor. And this is nothing new. I'm about to give you five bullet points, really six. This is nothing new. Everybody said this is nothing new. In fact, if you're in our, if you're in our uh, class on Wednesday night, when we went, but the first class that we went through, uh, connecting with, with God and, and, and connecting with God through His Word, uh, you're gonna, you heard something like this. And so what we see in First and Second Timothy is Paul instructing Timothy to do some things concerning the Word of God that would eradicate the fear factor in his life. Number one, everybody say, read the Word. This is because, hey, if you're going to be a clear, confident communicator, you got to be one who reads the Word. 1 Timothy 4.13, look what he says right here. He's giving him personal insight. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation and doctrine. Listen, we've got to get our Bibles open. And, uh, and a part of raising the bar, you know one of, one of the things we're going to challenge the whole church to do in six weeks? Everyone say, raise the bar. We're going to challenge the whole church to read through the entire New Testament in six weeks. Some of you can do it in two hours. Uh, some of you, it might take two, two weeks. Some of you might take six. It doesn't matter. We're going to read the Word of God. Everybody say, read the Word. He tells Timothy, you've got to give attention to reading the Word. And then you've got to study the Word. Everyone say, study the Word. He says this in 1 Timothy 4, 13, the same verse. Give attention. He said, do this. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to teaching or doctrine. He's talking about studying the Word. In fact, 2 Timothy 2, 20, I think, he says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Listen, I know we know how to do these things. Brent works at... ExxonMobil. 
I guarantee you they got books for him to read about those dials and knobs he messes with out there. They didn't just throw him to the, to the operator's room or where, whatever he does and without instruction, without, hey, you better get this. You better get this down. Uh, you've got to read this. You better study this. You punch the, don't punch the wed button for goodness sake. You understand what I mean? Paul tells Timothy, if you want to clearly communicate the word, you got to read the word. You got to study the word. And then a couple of verses later, you got to meditate on the word of God. Everybody say meditate. Verse 15, meditate on these things. It means to roll things around in your mind and ponder them in your life and, and really take them into your being. And as Jeremiah said, your word became flesh and I ate it. Just, just get all you can. And can the rest. Meditate on the Word of God. If you're going to clearly communicate the Word of God, you got to read it. you got to study it. you got to meditate on it. And number four, you better believe it. In fact, 2 Timothy 1, verse 13, he says this about the Word of God. He says this. He, was a, he talked about the Word of truth and unbelief. He said, you've got you've to believe God's Word. Amen? 2 Timothy 1.13, he said this, look at it. He says, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. You've got to believe it. You see, the reason some people don't share it is because they really don't believe it. Let me tell you two things about God's Word you've got to believe. You've got to believe it's true for goodness sake. What did he call it? The Word of Truth. It is true. Everybody say the Word of God is true. In fact, he said in 2 Timothy 2.15, you've got to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, handling accurately the Word of what? Truth. Listen. Last days, leaders. We've got to build our life on the truth of God's Word. You've got to believe it's true. You know what some people do? They believe some and throw out some. Listen, it's all true. It's God's Word. you got to believe it's true. Number two, you got to believe it's transformational. In other words, it'll change people's life. You know why some people don't? It's not just fear. They don't really believe God's Word, and they don't really believe it'll apply not only in their life, but in old knothead Uncle Ed's life, who's got issues in his life. Listen, I'm telling you, the Word of God will not only transform your life, it'll transform anybody's life who yields to the Word of God and says, I choose to believe God's Word is true. And if we're going to clearly communicate the Word, listen, some of you are in sales. If you don't believe in the product, it's hard to give a good sales pitch, right? you got to believe that what you're saying is true or else you're just a liar. And so as we believe, if we say we're Christians and we don't walk in the truth and appropriate the truth of God in our life and let the truth of God transform our life, we're not really going to be able to communicate God's truth to a world that is so desperately in need of a transformation. In fact, Paul said this in Romans 1.16. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And the reason I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. Now, did you get that? 
The Word of God, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the way of the Lord because it's the power of God unto salvation. It's God's Word. The gospel is what pulls me out of the clutches of sin and births me uh, uh, righteous and whole into the presence of Jesus Christ on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. It's the power of God unto salvation. You see, if we're going to clearly communicate the gospel, if we're going to, if we're going to fix this disconcerting statistic, in Beaumont, Texas, in Church on the Rock North. We need a new generation of last day's leaders who start reading the Bible like never before, who began to study the Bible like it's the, it's the most important book on earth. I saw Donald Trump yesterday. Uh, you know, they did a little clip from him. Uh, he was bragging about his book, and then he said, the only other book that is more important than this book is the Bible. And I hope he, he believes that. I'm not sure I believe he believes that, but I knew he thought he better say he believes that. But hey, let, in case we don't believe Believe Donald. Let me, hey, you can believe this old grumpy preacher this morning. This Word of God is the most important book you will ever read. It's the most important document you will ever study. It's the greatest transformational uh, uh, truths in your whole life. It will change you. Rub-a-dub-dub. Wash your brains white as snow. we got to read it, study it, meditate on it, believe it. And here we go. Everybody say, heed the Word. Now, this is huge. There's at least one, two, three, four places where Paul, in these two letters, where Paul basically tells Timothy to heed the Word. It means to hold upon and pay attention to. Let me show you them. Can I show you these? we got plenty of time. Here we go. Look in 1 Timothy 4.15. 1 Timothy uh, 4.15. Look what he says. He says this. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. That means to pay attention and hold on to. He's talking about the Word of God. Look in verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to this doctrine or this teaching. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Look what he says. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love. Look at verse 14. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Look in 2 Timothy 3.10. I read it earlier, but look what it says. You have carefully followed my doctrine. In other words, you, you followed after. In fact, that carefully followed, I love what it means. It means to trace out and conform to. You saw and heard my life and my lessons and, and the Word of God and you followed the pattern of sound doctrine. And then look what he says in verse 14 through 17 when he's talking about the Word of God. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he says, all Scripture is given by inspiration and from, of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training or instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. He says, you've got to continue. In other words, this Word of God can't be just what gets you born again. This Word of God has got to be what causes you and empowers you and equips you to keep moving forward into the purposes of God for your life. 
Everyone say, we've got to read the Word. Come on, say it. We've got to read the Word. Study the Word. Meditate on the Word. Believe the Word. We've got to heed the Word of God. And if we do, we'll be able to share the Word of God. Amen? We can share what we know and what has transformed our life. Now, if you're doing this, just go find some, like Paul told Timothy, go find some other faithful people and help them do the same thing. Get some more folks to heeding the Word of God and living the Word of God and appropriating the Word of God into their life. Now, here's some facts. Let me give you some facts and we're going to read Romans 10. Here it is. Just read this for yourself. I want you to read it to yourself. People will never take our words and witness seriously until we can clearly and confidently communicate what we believe and why we believe what we believe. They're never going to take us seriously until we can clearly communicate. Listen, Paul's last words to Timothy, his son in the faith, his true son in the faith, who he loved dearly, with a strong command. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. In other words, always be ready. Be ready to communicate God's truth. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but you, you can't let that affect you. You gotta stand strong and do the work of an evangelist, which means preach and share the truth of God with others. I'm gonna show you a graph in a few weeks of the whole world. And it graphs where population, where the, where evan, evangelical Christianity is outrunning population growth. And it shows the whole world and, and, and countries where evangelism is, is, is increasing and expanding to the point of outrunning population growth, it's a blue color. And nearly the whole world is blue. There's another color where, where Christianity is decreasing and there's, it's, it's like a red color and there's a few places where sadly that, that Christianity is being, in a sense, defeated by influences of evil. And then there's a color that basically says the, these countries are not keeping up with population growth and the one big glaring country that sticks out like a sore thumb in the world where Christianity is not keeping up with population growth, sticks out like a sore thumb, is the place where less than 50% of the people in church today will share the gospel in the next year. The good old U.S. of of A. Where we say, in God we trust. What is happening? We are not heeding the Word of God to share the Word of God. And when we begin raising the bar, everybody say raising the bar. 
When we began raising the bar, one of the, one of the challenges that we're going, we're going to challenge you to commit yourself to sharing the gospel with people who need the good news of Jesus Christ. We've got to do this. We've got to turn the tide on present day culture in America. We've got to change the color on the graph. We've got to fulfill our ministry. Are you with me? Now, your friends and family, if you turn to Romans 10, lost humanity will never be born again. They will never find their way into heaven without a clear communication of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't get saved just by happenstance. Listen to what I want to read to you today. If, and if you're not in Romans 10, I want you to go there because these are some important verses for all of us to embrace in our life. Paul said this, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody say amen. Then he says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? In other words, you've got to believe for you can call on Him. And how shall they believe in Him? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, a proclaimer? How beautiful, it says, are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Listen, there's a reason they call it the good news. Anybody got any good news this past week? On any level, you got any good news? Anybody, whoo, got some good news? Get a raise, you know, something, you know, one of, I won't point out, but one of my brothers here today sold his boat, and the next day the guy he sold it to, the motor messed up. I'm telling you, the guy calls him, ooh, I got some bad news. Listen, nobody likes bad news, but good news is great. There's a reason they call this that I'm sharing with you the good news. And it says that we bring glad tidings of good things. He goes on to verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So catch verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let me ask you this question. We're going to pray. How many of you have friends or family that to the best of your knowledge, they're lost? You, you don't believe they're serving Christ. They're never going to get saved. Listen. Listen to me. They will never be born again by your smiling face or your faithful church attendance or the bumper sticker on your car. Nobody does that anymore. Or by your prayer for the food on Thanksgiving. Listen. The only way people are born again is by hearing the good news. Did you get that? Faith comes when people hear the good news. This is not too deep and wide. This is a simple truth. People are lost. People are hopeless. All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us have turned our own way. The Lord God laid on Him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. In other words, Jesus took our place paid for our sin on the cross. Faith 
comes by hearing that message and believing that message. I hear it and I believe it. See, if you're born again, you were born again not because of your good works, not because uncle and aunt and, and mom and daddy brought you to church. Coming through the doors don't get you to get you born again. It's hearing the message of the gospel and responding to the simplicity of the gospel and saying yes to the truth. It's not rocket science. And the only way our friends and family are going to be born again, the only way lost humanity is going to be able to stand before Jesus and enter into eternity right with Him is if they go the way of the cross. God so loved the whole world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus. Whosoever would believe on Him. That means to trust Him, rely upon Him, cling to Him. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants to raise up a new generation of last day's leaders who not only know the way and go the way, but they share the way of the Lord with people who are lost. And it's amazing to me how many people are here today who would confess Christ as the Lord and the leader of their life. And they did so because someone shared with them the gospel, but yet we've not shared the gospel with anyone else. One of my friends tweeted yesterday. In fact, it was uh, Bobby Sayer, the son of our missionaries in China. He said something like this. He said, the church has just been eating beefsteak getting strong and healthy personally, something like this, while the whole world is just starving for the milk of God's Word. Listen, the reason we partake of the Word of God is so we can share the Word of God. And I challenge us today to get a head start on raising the bar. I, I challenge you this week, listen, let me tell you something, there's some people you're going to meet today and tomorrow who are lost. Think about that. They don't know Jesus. If they died today, they'd go to hell. It's the real truth. Is that not the truth? Today, let's raise the bar. Let's begin to open our eyes. and Realize that, hey, Paul's last words to his son in the faith, Timothy. In fact, they were not even, I love you, Timothy. I'm going to miss you, Timothy. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and patience. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. It basically says this. I'm out of here. your turn now. Let's stand up together. I'm preaching to myself today. Talking to myself. And let me tell you something about raising the bar. You know what I'm going to do with you? I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to develop my own personal list of areas in my life where I need to raise the bar. Right here's one. 
to realize there's a whole world out there that's lost without Christ and I've got the truth. And I want to clearly and confidently communicate to lost humanity the way of the Lord. Let's bow our heads today. Father, today as we close out this service, Lord, let it not be a service where we walk away and not remember and apply and appropriate. In fact, we talked about receiving the Word and finding correction from the Word and then appropriating the Word in our life. Not just believe it in our head, but apply it to our life. I pray today that myself and my family and this church family in these last days, would begin to know the way and then begin to share the way. Speak the Word of God. Share the Gospel with those who are lost. With every head bowed and every eye closed before we go, we're just, it's right up noon, but let me do this. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, you know, today I don't know if I've ever really yielded to the Word of God like you say we need to yield. I, I don't know if I've ever really been saved the way you're talking. I've never really followed after Jesus. And I, today, I want to do as James said. I want to receive the, the gospel into my life and be saved. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, you can say, Pastor, I know I need to be born again. I need to be his child. I've not followed Jesus. And today, I want to pray a prayer and invite Jesus into my life and trust him for my eternity with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here and you can say that's me pastor pray for me lift your hand wherever you are I'm not going to embarrass anybody but I will pray for you anyone here say I know I'm not I'm not I'm not right with God I know I need Jesus in my heart anyone before we go finally if you're here today and you know you've been saved but you've not really followed him and today you want to make a fresh connection with Christ and recommit your life and the destiny of your life into his will and plan for your life lift your hand wherever you are and wave it at me so that's me pastor today I'm coming home and getting my life straight I'm moving forward anyone before we go finally let me ask you this if you're here today and you want to break fear off of your life and begin to open up and share God's word with other people and be a vessel that God uses to win people to Christ I want you to lift your hand right now if you want to break this fear off your life and I got both of my hands up I don't want that intimidation I don't want to be a timid Timothy I want to be a bold witness for Jesus Christ today Lord I lift up my hands in these last moments of this service and I just break the back of fear off of my life I speak to fear and I say God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind and Lord today I will not be afraid of the gospel I'm going to embrace it I'm going to apply it and appropriate it in my life and I'm not going to let fear keep me from sharing my faith with people who so desperately need Christ Lord, we thank you for faith in our hearts today. And we embrace it. And Lord, we're going to speak your word. I'm going to, I'm going to stand fast against fear. And I'm going to boldly speak your word to a world that desperately needs Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. The word of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the way of the Lord. Everybody say the way of the Lord. Amen. Let's give God's word a big... Uh, praise. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. Amen.